All right, scripture reading for this morning is from Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 26. Please stand for the reading of God's word. And on the, day, on the first day of unleavened bread, when they had sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, is it I? He said to them, it is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Why don't we begin with prayer? Father, as we come before you this morning and um, have your word opened up to us, I pray that by your spirit you would be teaching us, that you would be sealing its truth to our hearts. And Lord, as we um, look to this table and the opportunity to participate as a family in this family meal. Lord, I pray that everything that it signifies and seals to us would be received by faith that we might be nourished and grow. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, we're continuing in Mark's gospel. We ended last week with Judas determined to betray Jesus and just looking for an opportunity to be able to do so. And we're on the, the cusp of that about to take place in verses 12 through 16, we're told that the time has come for the Passover meal. The Passover meal was to be observed within the city walls of Jerusalem. So they're leaving Bethany and they're heading back into Jerusalem in order to observe the meal. And Jesus has sent two disciples on ahead of him and the rest of his entourage, tells them exactly what to be looking for and exactly what to ask and exactly what to expect and uh, prepares a place for them then to arrive later in the evening. Now, there, there's plenty that we could say this morning about verses 17 through 21, but the focus of uh, our brief reflection here uh, to, to wrap out the service is going to be on the institution of the Lord's Supper in verses 22 to 26. For millennia, from the very beginning of the Christian church, believers have gathered together and they've broken bread and they've uh, drank from a cup, and they've commemorated the death of Christ. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, we ought to reflect on every now and then. We're, we're participating in something that God's people have been doing for two millennia, 
You read about it in the book of Acts. You read about it in Paul. Paul gives instructions in 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth on how to do what we are continuing to do down to this very day and age. Participate together in the Lord's Supper. Many of you have been doing this for decades, most of your life, and it's become very familiar to you. And I want to say that that familiarity can be a good thing. Familiarity doesn't always breed contempt when that with which you are familiar is properly valued and appreciated. This ought to be something that is familiar to us. It's part of the rhythm that God has given to his church family. Week in and week out, in our case, we come together, we hear the word proclaimed, we receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. It's part of what ought to feel very comfortably familiar to us. My concern is the many ways in which we disregard the Lord's Supper. We do it, but we don't really think about what's going on. We, at most, confess some sin to the Lord before we partake. And that's good as far as it goes. We certainly don't want less than that. But we're invited to so much more to that when we come to the Lord's table. We are invited here by Jesus. He says, take and eat. Take and drink. It's an invitation So to what are we being invited at the Lord's table? Through the Lord's Supper, Jesus is inviting us, I want to say, to do three things. First, remember and proclaim. Remember and proclaim. Second, be restored and restoried. Restored and restoried. And then third, to renew our hope for his return. So first, we're invited to remember and proclaim. Israel was called upon to remember God's mighty works. When you get to the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is with the children of the Exodus generation. So the people of God have been delivered out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. They failed to go in to believe the, to Joshua and Caleb and enter the promised land. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years until all those who were adults at the time of the Exodus had died off in the wilderness. And here's Moses now with the children of the Exodus generation on the edge of the promised land. And he says to them in Deuteronomy 14 times, remember, remember. Another 10 times in Deuteronomy, do not forget. Remember, remember remember what God did for your fathers and your mothers when he delivered them from Egypt. Do not forget all that God has commanded us to do, how he's called us to live as his people in this land that he has given us. Remember, do not forget words, but also a meal, a Passover meal, a meal that was symbolic, that was significant for helping them remember that which they had been told to never forget, the Passover. That day in which God delivered all those who had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost so that the firstborn would not be killed and Israel would be set free. Israel was called to remember. They were given a meal to help them remember. We're called to remember. Jesus throughout the gospels is all the time telling his disciples, now remember this. Don't forget what I'm doing right now. 
And that's a major way in which Paul brings home at the end of his letters, okay, I've told you all these things that are true. Now, in order to do those things, you need to first remember. Do not forget everything that God did for you. We have the word, the command to remember, and we have a meal that helps us to remember. The Lord's Supper is a means by which we remember. In Luke's account of the Lord's Supper, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, reiterating what Jesus had said, communicating to the church in Corinth what he had received, how he had been taught, Jesus said, Paul says to the church in Corinth and to us, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. The Lord's Supper is a means by which we remember. We are given symbols, we're given bread, and we're given a cup. In Mark 14, 22, Jesus, we're told, blessed the bread. I mean, just put yourself in the room. Imagine a low table. You're reclining around it together with Jesus. Jesus takes bread. He's doing things that were done during the Passover meal. He takes the bread. He blesses it. He broke it. And then he shocked their socks off when he said, this is my body. He gave them an opportunity to vividly remember the gospel by holding before them bread. Same with the cup. He took the cup. They knew what that cup represented relative to the Passover. He knew, and we know as we look through the gospel accounts, what that cup represented when it came to God's wrath. It's the cup of, his God's, of God's wrath that we read about in Psalm 75 that is overflowing for those who reject God. It's the cup that Jesus prayed would pass him by in the Garden of Gethsemane. It is the cup of God's wrath that because Jesus took that wrath in our place becomes then the cup of God's blessing to those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. The blood that was pointed to on the doorposts in Egypt is the blood that Jesus speaks of when it comes to his covenant grace revealed to us here at this table. At the table, we are invited to remember and we're invited to proclaim. Secondly, we are also invited to be restored and to be restoried. Now, there is a world of difference between being refreshed and being restored like some lemonade right now, would be refreshing, wouldn't it? Some of you are like, no, it's not that bad in here. A strawberry poppy seed salad on uh, a cool summer evening, that's refreshing, right? Ice cold Gatorade after you've run a marathon, that's restoring, that restores you. Uh, uh, that first meal after an extended fast, that restores you. And the Lord's Supper is meant to restore us. We come to church spiritually exhausted, spiritually weary, spiritually depleted, and when we come to the Lord's Supper, we are spiritually restored. Now, it's a mystery how, okay? Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 says that the cup that we partake of, the bread that we break, is a participation in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Through this, or from this, we get the idea that Christ, by his Spirit, is present to those who come to the table in faith for our 
nourishment, for our strengthening. We don't believe that the bread becomes the body of Christ. We don't believe that the juice or the wine becomes the blood of Christ. What we do believe that in a way that is a mystery and yet real, by his spirit, Christ is present to those who receive the sacrament by faith, that we might be restored when we come to here, come here spiritually depleted and weary. So at the table, there's an invitation to be restored. There's also an invitation to be restoried. And I get that word from James K.A. Smith in his book, You Are What You Love, which I commend to you. You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. James K.A. Smith says, you know what? Liturgy matters. The world is patterned after and invites us into a liturgy. Liturgies are rhythms of life that form us. Rhythms of life. We have a rhythm of worship here. Our liturgy, it's meant to form us. The world has a pattern or a rhythm of life that forms us, seeks to conform us to its pattern and draw us into a rival story. A story that exalts the self. A story that rejects God. It's a rival story. When we come into a worship service week in and week out, we are being re-storied. Think about the call to worship. The call to worship begins every week with a scripture passage in which God calls us into his presence. We're being invited at the beginning of the service back into reality back into that which is true. God himself calls us from his word, back into what will bring us our greatest joy, worshiping him. We sing. Our singing is a joyful response to the God who has saved us. We confess our sin together. We receive the assurance of forgiveness together. That confession of sin is both corporate. We say the words together. That's marvelous if you think about it. We get to hear each other and together as a body confess sin and then we have time to do so privately as well. And then we get to hear together the assurance of God's forgiveness. We're having the gospel restoried for us in the confession and the assurance. We have the prayers in which, as uh, Elder Carl did earlier, he, if you will, in the realm that we can't see, was before the throne of God praying, interceding for us, with us following along, offering our, our amen and our yes in our hearts, even as he interceded, interceded for us. The word of God is proclaimed, the spirit of God working through his word to grow us, to help us to listen and believe and obey. The profession of faith, after communion, we're gonna stand, we're gonna confirm what we believe together. The benediction, a word of blessing from God as we head back into the world, into that rival liturgy that would pull us into a rival story. Receiving of new members like we did this morning. It's a reminder to us that we are now a covenant community. We're, we're exiles and aliens as you see in First uh, Peter. The people who are set apart as God's own possession. We are gonna, we, we observe the sacrament of baptism, which signifies initiation into that covenant community and points to the uh, covenant grace of God. And then the Lord's Supper, bread and wine, 
week in and week out. It appeals to our senses. We don't just hear the gospel proclaimed. We get to touch it and smell it and taste it. It restores us. And it restories us. At the table, we're invited to remember and proclaim. We're invited to be restored and restoried. And then third, we are invited to renew our hope for Christ's return. In Mark 14, verse 25, we read this. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Now just think about what's being said by there, right there by Jesus. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine The kingdom of God, this is just one little way in which Jesus is reminding us that he doesn't save our souls and, you know, have us floating around on clouds for all eternity. There's going to be a new earth. It's going to be an ecosystem. There's going to be vines that bear fruit from which wine is fermented. And Jesus is saying, on that day, that day which goes on for eternity, I will drink of the fruit of the vine. Isaiah pointed to that day. In Isaiah 25, Isaiah writes this, on this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people will be taken away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. Isaiah was looking forward to that to which Jesus was pointing us at the Lord's Supper. He spoke of it also in Matthew 8, 11. Jesus said, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This is where we're headed, folks. And this table, bread, cup, it points us to that. And in so doing, renews our hope. Because the person who instituted these words, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, rose. In order to confirm that everything that he said is true. He will drink again of the fruit of the vine. And those who put their trust in Jesus Christ will recline with him and with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in that great day. Our longing is for the appearing of Jesus. And until then, we wait in hope. Jesus said that day will come. In Isaiah chapter 25, verse 9, Isaiah said this, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is right after everything Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 25 about this feast. In verse nine, Isaiah said, behold, this is our God, we have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. At the table, you are invited to remember and proclaim. At the table, you are invited to be restored and restoried. And at the table, you are invited to renew your hope in Christ's return. Will you accept his invitation? Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the feast that is spread before us. Lord, it's a feast that we anticipate now by faith. And we thank you for these elements, these little signs to us of what you have done, are doing, and will yet do. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.